It's April 26th. You're listening to the President's Daily Brief. I'm your host and former CIA officer, Brian Deanwright. Your morning intel starts now. Before we start, a quick reminder to those new to the show, the brief you're about to hear is in the same spirit of the actual President's Daily Brief, which is a top-secret summary of the most critical events of the past 24 hours, all delivered to the President each morning by the nation's spymasters. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I am your spy, and this is your brief. Here's what we're going to be talking about this morning. The southern border back in the news. The Supreme Court is hearing a case today that might determine border security for a generation. Meanwhile, I have an update on Mexican lawmakers who are angry at Joe Biden. That's coming up. Your second brief, drone wars. We're pumping Ukraine full of drones. The Russians and Chinese are too. So what happens if those suicide drones fall into the wrong hands and become the next generation of suicide bombers? I want you to think about this like a spy does, and we're going to discuss. And as always, I'm keeping an eye out for developing stories. This one is already on your radar. Elon Musk is buying Twitter. It's official, and it's a big deal. But I've got an angle on this story that we need to talk about, and it involves lying to Congress. All up next on the President's Daily Brief. Your first piece of intel this morning, the southern border is back in the news this morning in a big way. Two parts to this brief. Let's talk about the Supreme Court first. The court will hear a case today called Biden versus Texas, and depending on how it's decided, it could affect border security for a generation. The case is about President Trump's remain in Mexico policy. So to refresh our memories, that policy dealt with asylum seekers. Now, U.S. law says that anyone can request asylum at embassies or at our border, and their cases have to be considered. Most asylum cases that we get are from Central Americans, and most get rejected, actually, anywhere from 70 to 80% or more. The issue is that that process can take up to two years' time for any one person's asylum claim to be processed. The question is, what is the U.S. government obligated to do with that person during that two-year period? Trump's Remain in Mexico policy says that, well, you had to wait in Mexico during that period. And it worked. About 70,000 people had to wait outside of the country instead of inside. Joe Biden and immigration activists were and remain very outraged by this. They want to let everyone in. All the asylum seekers can come into the country, even knowing that most applications will eventually be rejected. The problem, of course, is that once those rejections are eventually decided, People have long disappeared into cities around our country. And then, of course, Democrats argue you can't deport those people because that's inhumane. It's basically a manufactured loophole in the process, an inventive strategy to get more people into the country. But let's get back to this morning's Supreme Court hearing. At the heart of this case is this. As you all now know, the law says that the U.S. government is supposed to hear these asylum cases. Congress has actually authorized some beds to be provided to these asylum seekers, about 34,000 beds, in fact, all in detention centers, mostly along the border. But what happens if there are more than 34,000 asylum seekers? Because that's what's happening. Biden says release them all into the U.S. That's why he's rescinded the Remain in Mexico policy. Texas says, no, no, send them back to Mexico and they can wait there. And that's what this lawsuit is really all about, whether Biden unlawfully rescinded the Remain in Mexico policy, plus some violations of administrative law. Most reasonable observers say that Texas is probably going to win this case, in no small part because of the 1996 Immigration Reform Bill, which expressly allows this Remain in Mexico concept. 
I mentioned the 1996 law because it was supported by a senator from Delaware, Joe Biden. He voted for it. Regardless, the Supreme Court hears those arguments today. We'll see who wins. Uh, it'll be about a month before we know what they decide at least. Now, there are going to be a lot of people who are very anxious to know what that decision is, and not just here in the U.S. And that gets to the second half of this very important border brief. A report out yesterday shows Mexican government officials are growing very angry about the border crisis. In other words, it's not just Republicans in the U.S. These Mexican officials are claiming this morning that no one from the Biden administration is talking to them about how to manage the humanitarian crisis that's about to unfold if another Trump rule, Title 42, is repealed next month. That's the plan, as you know, that kept migrants out of the United States because of COVID restrictions. Biden wants to dump that rule, although a court just recently said that he couldn't. It's a very important development. But negotiations continue on exactly what that ruling means. Regardless, Mexican officials are not happy with Joe Biden or his administration about the lack of communication and coordination on whatever his intentions might be. Rosa Maria Gonzalez, a lawmaker from Mexico's National Action Party, went on the record saying that there's been no talk of additional resources or assistance to help manage what she and others in Mexico are calling an out-of-control flow of migrants. Ms. Gonzalez, it should be noted, represents a border state and heads a migration committee in Mexico's Congress. So she's in a pretty good position to know what the government thinks, or at least her party. She added in her interview that repealing Title 42 is an enormous incentive, her words, for criminal gangs to encourage a big push of illegals while the border is effectively down. She spoke those words just days after the U.S. State Department labeled six Mexican states as no-go zones and slapped a warning on 10 other Mexican states advising Americans to, quote, reconsider travel as drug-related crime and violence continues to boil over in those states. All right, so that's the brief. We've got a Supreme Court case up this morning and some very angry Mexican government officials who haven't gotten a call from Joe Biden on how he plans to help them with this crisis. So let's talk key takeaways that I'd be sharing with the president if I were in the White House this morning, briefing him or her on this issue. First, Mexico is a violent mess. So too are Guatemala and El Salvador and Nicaragua. We could talk about the numbers and the causes. We could talk about which elements of the, the Mexican military might be able to help partner with us on migrant issues. And all of that would be fine. But the bottom line is that we can't stop or fix any of the violence right now. Not in the short term and not in any meaningful way. So people will continue to stream north. Desperate people. Absolutely desperate. Folks that just want a better life. And that's heartbreaking. But there are also criminals sneaking across the border. And terrorists. Remember, our Border Patrol agents captured 23 known terrorists last year. The same goes with drugs, fentanyl especially, and other illegal activity. So if there were ever a time for a strong border to disincentivize people from coming north, now is it. But let's be candid. Joe Biden is just not going to do that. He's just not. So folks, if this story moves you, I want to remind you of the actions that you can take right now. I've spoken of contacting your U.S. senator or representative, so let's talk about how to do that. For senators, go to senate.gov, click on senators, find the two that represent your state, write down their contact information, and start calling. Tell whoever answers the phone that you'd like to convey your opinion on an issue. Be respectful, but don't hold back. 
the same process is true for the house. Go to house.gov, click on representative, find your person for your district, and away you go. Because folks, this is your country. This is your government. And this is your border. If you decide that's important, it's time to speak up. Mike Baker here. Let's talk warranties. I know, that's exactly what you were hoping I'd say. Let me ask you this. Would you buy a car without a warranty? No, of course you wouldn't. What about your other important big-ticket purchases? Uh, specifically, your home's appliances and critical systems. Again, the answer should be no. The bottom line is that every day is a good day when you're not worrying about your appliances and home systems. And that's what you get with an American Home Shield warranty. With an American Home Shield warranty, unexpected breakdowns like a leaky faucet or a faulty water heater won't break the bank because covered repairs and replacements are taken care of just like that. And having that sort of reassurance, well, that's peace of mind. Choose a plan that works for you and your budget, and then it's simple. When a covered item in your home breaks, well, you contact American Home Shield, and their trusted and qualified pros will fix or replace it based on the coverage limits in your agreement. So when it comes to protecting your appliances and home systems, don't worry. Get warrantied. Now, I don't know if warrantied is an actual word, but let's go with it. For 20% off plans, visit ahs.com slash Mike, M-I-K-E. For more details, see ahs.com slash contracts for coverage details, including limit amounts, fees, limitations, and exclusions. And New Jersey residents, the product being offered is a service contract and is separate and distinct from any product or service warranty, which may be provided by the home builder or manufacturer. Mike Baker here. I want to take just a minute to talk about something of real importance to you and your family's financial well-being, and that's life insurance. Look, I know it's not everyone's favorite topic, and, and a lot of folks avoid talking about it or they put it off thinking it's too costly or too complicated or you'll get to it some other day. And it's true, finding the right policy on your own can be time-consuming and complex. But I'm here to tell you, life insurance is an important safety net for your family. And that's why I'm happy to tell you about Policy Genius. Policy Genius is the country's leading online insurance marketplace. It saves you time and money so you can provide your family with a financial safety net starting today. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Now, for me, having an appropriate life insurance policy. Well, it means less stress, less worry. I know that my amazing wife and our kids will be properly taken care of and provided for should something happen to me. Now, back when I was in the market for life insurance, and that was a while back, I did my searching the old-fashioned way. Lots of telephone calls, paperwork, faxes, maybe even a beeper. I would have loved to have Policy Genius to streamline the whole process. Policy Genius helps you compare all your options from top companies and provides a team of unbiased, licensed experts to walk you through the decision-making. You can compare quotes with just a few clicks, find just the right policy, and Bob's your uncle. And they've got thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot from customers who found the best fit for their needs. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to PolicyGenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Your second brief this morning, drone wars. America is sending armed drones of all kinds to help Ukraine. So is Germany, Turkey, and a few others. On the flip side, the Russians are bringing their own drones, some of them Chinese, 
Military and intelligence professionals call most of these devices suicide drones. These munitions stay in the air for a modest period of time and then dive bomb like a kamikaze pilot into their targets, all controlled by a soldier on the ground with an iPad or something similar. These are relatively cheap weapons, fairly simple to train and operate, and very deadly. We've sent at least 500 of these munitions so far. Some estimates suggest a much higher number. You're probably going to see many more headlines about this kind of drone warfare in the next several weeks. A few reasons, but one in particular. Eastern Ukraine is mostly flat, unlike the forests around Kiev. The new battlefield space, then, is a perfect place for drones. Now, put aside whether you think Ukraine should or shouldn't be getting these weapons. Instead, I want you to think like a spy this morning to understand the future threats that this operation of flooding the zone with drones creates. First, are we tracking where all those armed drones are going? The answer is no. If you've listened to previous briefs, you know that the U.S. government has little to no tracking of most of the weaponry that we are sending into Ukraine. Because, as we now know, we are just dropping the material off, in fact, in Poland, and then resistance fighters take them into Ukraine where we lose all ability to track it. If I were inside the CIA headquarters this morning or the Pentagon, I would be asking some very tough questions about this issue because we have a very long, very nightmarish history of us doing this kind of thing and it ending very badly. For instance, I would press them about everything we left behind in Afghanistan and how and why that failure happened. Fundamentally, why are we not learning lessons from that fiasco? Folks, the, the, the Taliban has an army and an air force because of our mistakes. I would also remind the CIA and Pentagon about our provision of Stinger missiles. We're providing those to the Ukrainians as well in this fight, in addition, of course, to the drones. And those missiles can bring down helicopters and low-flying aircraft, and we're not tracking them. Now, you may recall that we handed out these missiles to Islamic radicals in the 1980s in Afghanistan to defeat the Soviets, and we lost track of a whole bunch of those Stingers after we left. Now, without going into details, that created a nightmare, because quite obviously those missiles can bring down not only Soviet helicopters, but civilian airliners. And now we're doing it again, with Stingers that could go missing in Europe, and now a bunch of suicide drones that could go missing in Europe. At least 500 of them, perhaps north of 1,000. And we should be talking about that. All right, second question. What happens if these suicide drones fall into the wrong hands? Because we know that Islamic radicals have been wrapping themselves up in explosives and blowing up buildings and people for the past 20 years. That includes a number of my friends, unfortunately. We could also imagine that drug cartels would love to get their hands on these things. Separatist groups who want to break away from a country. I'm thinking of the Kurds in Turkey, for instance. They would love these. Or what about the Iranians who could reverse engineer our latest technology and then use it against us or the Israelis? Folks, we could spend an entire brief talking about who could use these drones against us and, and how. But the bottom line is this. We're putting many hundreds of suicide drones into the field. They're easy to use, highly portable, and very, very deadly. And we're not tracking any of them based on credible reporting. So whatever you think about providing these drones to the Ukrainians, whether you like it or not, we need to start thinking about the tomorrow's problems that we're creating today. Because that's how you think. Not just like a spy, but as a smart American. Hey, Mike Baker here. Well, spring is in full swing. 
And for millions of folks, that means yard work and gardening. Am I right? Now, here's a pro tip for those of you looking to spruce up your landscaping. Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the U.S. They've got over 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. Save yourself the time and trouble of multiple trips to those crowded nurseries. You know what I'm talking about. Fast Growing Trees is a complete time saver. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all, and it's delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. They can tell you what grows best in your area, how to plant, when to plant. It's like having your own expert gardener. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And listeners to the President's Daily Brief can get an extra 15% off by using promo code PDB at checkout. So go to fastgrowingtrees.com and use promo code PDB at checkout. Mike Baker here. I want to talk about, well, nobody's favorite subject, and that's debt. Now, being in debt is, well, it's like sinking in quicksand. You're trapped, you, you feel helpless, and the harder you struggle, the deeper in debt you can get. Now, if you're trapped in debt, let me suggest a solution. Done with debt. Now, Done with Debt has created a brilliant new strategy with one goal in mind, getting you out of debt quickly and permanently. Done with Debt stops the struggle. First, they stand between you and your bill collectors. Then, they negotiate a plan to end your debt permanently, without bankruptcy and, and without loans. They get you out of debt quickly and put more cash in your pocket monthly. But you need to contact Done With Debt right away because some debt solutions, well, they expire and you don't want to miss out. It's easy to get started. Go to donewithdebt.com and get a free consultation. You have nothing to lose. Talk with one of their experts and discover a strategy that could end your debt faster and easier than you thought possible. Visit donewithdebt.com. That's donewithdebt.com. As always, I'm watching a few other stories this morning, and I know this one is already on your radar. It's confirmed Elon Musk is buying Twitter. You don't need to have an account with his new company to understand the importance of this story, but you already knew that. PDB listeners heard me talk about this first on April 15th, and then again last Saturday. So, well done. You are two weeks ahead of the rest of America on why this story is important. By the way, if you missed either of those briefs, don't worry. Finish this one and then go back and check those two out. Meanwhile, I want you to focus your attention on one additional angle that we haven't discussed, and I think you're going to be hearing about this one soon. About four years ago, Twitter's then-CEO Jack Dorsey testified to Congress that his company did not ever consider political affiliation or political beliefs when they made decisions about censoring accounts or stories. He said, and I quote, Let me be clear, ladies and gentlemen, about one important and foundational fact. Twitter does not use political ideology to make any decisions, whether related to ranking content on our service or how we enforce our rules. Dorsey continued on by telling the Congress, we believe strongly in being impartial. We do not shadow ban anyone based on political ideology. In other words, he insisted under oath that Twitter would never limit the reach of conservative people or their stories. Well, now there's a new owner of Twitter, and he's going to be able to confirm whether or not Jack Dorsey lied to Congress about that. It'll all be in internal documents and emails and various files. And for panicked Twitter employees, a word of caution, destroying that information is a felony if it's trying to cover up a crime. So will compromising material be found during this process? And if so, what will Elon Musk do with it all? 
Perhaps we should be thinking about a congressional investigation if Republicans win next November. They will have subpoena power, after all. The point is that this story of Twitter and the stories that they have buried these past years, the, the voices that they have silenced, well, it's just all beginning. And this has the potential to be incredibly explosive. Because ultimately, this story is about big tech and their supporters deciding truths, deciding who wins and loses political races, to include burying a story that very well likely helped put Joe Biden in the White House. And that's the ultimate reason for why this story is so important to you and your family. This is about who controls not just facts and opinions, but the fate of the country. Much more to come on this one. I'll be watching. Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes your morning brief. One note of celebration I'd like to pass on to you. The PDB is growing in listeners virtually every day, and it is so incredible to watch. It's about you. You all are getting value from these briefs, and you're coming back, and you're telling friends and family. It's hard for me to put into words how grateful I am that you're doing this. This podcast is so very important to me, and I'm so humbled that it's becoming an important part of your life as well. So please keep downloading the President's Daily Brief wherever you get your podcasts, like Apple and Spotify, and keep the feedback coming, by the way, by email or follow me on Twitter. My handle is at Brian Dean Wright. That's B-R-Y-A-N-D-E-A-N-W-R-I-G-H-T. And as always, friends, I remind you of why we are here, talking about our country and our world. It's the creed of every good spy and every smart American. It's from John chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. What is the No Spin News all about? You know that this is a fact-based analysis news program. You know that. We avoid speculation. We don't do conspiracies here. We don't do party politics here. We're not nonpartisan. That's wrong. Not that. Okay, we are advocates for a stronger America and a more just society. We don't believe in communism. We don't believe in socialism. We don't believe in nihilism. We don't believe in the progressive woke culture. We think it is un-American. We don't support that. So you should know what we are, and it would then crystallize what we do. Listen to the No Spin News. Subscribe to Bill O'Reilly's podcast feed wherever podcasts are available. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast, politics by faith.